Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Uh, Game six of the NBA Finals is upon us. Well, it will be in about uh, 10 hours. Certainly looking forward to that. Looking forward to the program today as Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, take you right up until noon. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, uh, we are going to, uh, our only guest of the first hour is Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Iowa State fans, if you haven't found a way to follow Michael Swain, Michael Swain 247, or to spend any time uh, at the uh, at CycloneAlert.com. This kid is hustling his you-know-what off. Two or three weeks ago when we had him on, we asked about recruiting, and uh, Trent pointed out that they're doing so well, but there seems to be a little bit of a void in the uh, wide receiver room. Well, <laughs> uh, Michael Swain said, just held your horses a little bit. There seems to be a couple of things that may happen here in the next 10 days to two weeks, and lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. He was also at Big 12 Media Days. So we'll recap that. Uh, give them credit where credit is due and talk about Iowa State at 10.30. At 11.05, uh, Tommy Birch, who is making his way as we speak to the Field of Dreams. There must be a media event over there today, Trent, do you know? I don't know if it's an, a media event or a event exclusive? for Tommy Birch. Wow, good for him. But uh, yeah, talking to Tommy a little bit through text yesterday, setting up our interview, said he's going there. Also uh, going to be doing a story on a baseball prospect over in Dubuque. So kind of hitting them both as he's over there. Two and birds with one stone. Hoping for the best of cell reception as he makes his way over in that direction. <laughs> well, we'll speak with Tommy Birch to kick off our number two and then preview uh, the game six. Um, I, I feel like it's the final uh, game of the NBA Finals. Uh, you know, fingers crossed we get a Game 7, although I've, I've said yesterday, I'm now rooting for Milwaukee. Really didn't have a dog in the fight other than a bet in my pocket uh, on the Phoenix Suns. But I like this Milwaukee story and hope they get it done tonight in front of the home fan base. And uh, Sean Devaney, who's covered the league for decades, literally, he's been a lot of places, a long time at the Sporting News, now Heavy.com, is with Forbes. Uh, he will join us to help us with Game number 6. And if indeed it is the Milwaukee Bucks, they will have won four straight games, and I didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, not at all. 2 nothing. We thought it was over. It felt like it, didn't it? And Game 4, that's the one that the Suns, if, if it does go the way that you anticipate tonight, and a lot of people anticipate, Game 4 was the one. Yeah, Game 3, I'll write yeah. the Bucks back at home. And they they're dominated. Up, they're up six, uh, 16 or 18 uh, in the first quarter on Saturday night. Right. And let that get us. I think it was 16, but regardless. Had a big lead. And here's the crazy part about tonight's game. And I, I got to the shop, logged on to Twitter, and I saw Scott Foster was trending. And, and Scott Foster, to me, is not the one who's... Trent. Scott Foster, remember then the Chicago Blackhawks had to pull a guy out of the stands mm-hmm. and, yeah, and yeah. suit him up and play goal and happened to be against the Jets and he stood on his head and beat Winnipeg. But that was his name, Sean Foster. Okay. But the Sean Foster that's trending on Twitter is the referee who Chris Paul um, is 0-12 when he's the head official. Oh, no. This is the guy that has, they, they, they don't get along. Right. And he did one of the playoff games earlier. Uh, uh, Paul was teed up in it. But Chris Paul is 0-12 when Scott Foster is the head official. He is tonight. 
So do you bet the trend or do you think it's going to be buck the trend? Right. Do you think it's going to be broken at some point and what a spot for it? Game six, elimination game. Yeah. And Chris Paul finally gets it done. I want to believe that refs are human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they are. Right. I'd, I'd prefer robots in one of the sports, but we'll save that for another day or maybe another segment. Uh, this is a huge talker all across the country today, mm-hmm. and it's just going to gain momentum. Scott Foster, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, they don't get along. Scott Foster hates them, uh, goes out of his way to call, make a call against him. Human nature would lead me to believe that maybe, I don't know. That's in his head a little bit, too? I think so. In Foster's head? In Foster's head, yes. I'm talking of, right? He's got he's to hear the chin music, mm-hmm. the banter back and forth. I don't know if it's a big deal or not, but it is a trend. He's 0-12. Um, we shall see. Do you have an opinion on this game yet? Still not a real strong one. And what, Milwaukee's five? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much a consensus across the board that I've seen this morning is that five number. And, you know, for me, I'm in the contest that we've talked about a lot mm-hmm. with Bet And you've got a lot of work to do. I do. So I asked Mool, who's in first place. Mm-hmm. By what, 200 bucks? About that. Yeah. What he's going to do, when are we going to see his picks? Yeah. He said right before tip off. He's <laughs> doing the right thing. Right. Wait, wait as long as possible. I, I think we need to get maybe confirmation from the Bet Rivers people and from well, Liebel and you Company. You guys should both send them to John Liebel and then Liebel can tweet your. That that be that wouldn't be a bad idea. But I think more than anything, I'm going to save my money for live betting. Mm. I think that's my best shot. See what he's doing. If he's laying low, all right, got to be aggressive. Is there going to be a middling opportunity? In fact, that might be. My only shot at doing this is get a middle. Get it at one point, say early on in the game, where instead of five, all of a sudden the Bucks get out to an early lead, it's minus nine. And then it come back on the other way, Suns make a little bit of a run. To get a middle probably is my only chance of winning this thing. Yeah, or just, Outside of or just put, taking all your money and, and making one bet. Right. Put it in, and hitting that one bet. I got 380 bucks in there mm-hmm. and just putting it all down. Mm-hmm. And hope that it doesn't break the right way for Smool. Right. Because uh, he's, 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 you're up against it. Yes. And he will have two trophies. And uh, join that exclusive exclusive club. Hey, there's a story that came that uh, broke in sports yesterday that just is dumbfounding to me. And I, for for selfishly, I think it's a wonderful, it's wonderful news for me and a lot of football fans. But it's just confounding to me why ESPN is going down this road. Mm -hmm. They are essentially cutting the knees out from under Lewis Reddick, Brian Greasy, and Steve Levy. Because I'm here to tell you, if there's an option, and most people have big ESPN and ESPN2, mm-hmm. or wherever Peyton and Eli Manning are going to be the alternate version of Monday Night Football, I'm watching Omaha. You are. Absolutely. I, I think you're going to very quickly go back to ESPN. Do you think so? This is going to be something I think you're going to despise. But, but here's the thing, though. because isn't... You're, you're looking for the newest star from Grey's Anatomy to come on and talking about the game. No, I want Because the way that I read it. Yeah, that's what this is. Oh, I don't want that. It's the two Manning brothers hosting a talk show for all intents and purposes. They're not breaking down football, so it's not like the championship game no, when you got those no, coaches no, in the no. room. Now that that's not how I read this press release. I read this as a vehicle of a little goofiness, a little shtick. This is not going to be a real football broadcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I could be dead wrong, and I didn't read through the whole thing. But when I started into it, my thought right away was. Oh, this isn't Peyton and Eli talking football. See, that's uh, maybe I didn't get past because I'm in, in in my euphoria, uh, euphoria of um, 
of seeing that announcement, maybe I stopped it. Because I could, I mean, who doesn't want to listen to Peyton Manning, right? Look how good Tony Romo is. What Tony Romo is, I think Peyton Manning will take Tony Romo and elevate it even further. Because he's tremendous on TV. Yes. He's fantastic. I mean, what can't this man do? Um, Now, Eli stinks. Yeah, but with his brother, the back and forth. Maybe. The commercials are okay. Well, they're commercials, though. True. How many cuts do you get? How many takes? That's true. And that's the same thing with Peyton, too. How good is he really on his feet? Oh, I think he's pretty good. I'm sure he is. But we don't exactly know. Yeah. A lot of this is pretty canned, pretty manufactured. Live telecast is a Cut whole lot meat. different. No, I know it is. It's Absolutely. a whole lot different. So that's what I'm wondering about here. Is but as they're I read all it, clamoring for him. I mean, every network wants mm-hmm. him. I guess Amazon is going to get involved in Thursday Night Football. Yeah. And the, the the rumor was that it was going to be Peyton Manning. Well, what ESPN has done, I did read this part of the release. What ESPN has done, it has precluded him from going anywhere. He is, he's got an exclusive. ESPN has exclusive with Peyton Manning. If you're going to call football, you're going to do so for the four-letter network. You're not going anywhere. So here's the uh, part of the press release that took me to say my excitement level tamped down pretty quickly. Fans will be treated, well, first, this will originate from remote locations, uh-huh. so might not be together. Secondly, fans will be treated to a mix of in-the-moment analysis. Great. Yep. Big picture NFL dialogue. Uh, I'm in. Okay. Knee-jerk reaction. In. Historical perspective. Okay, that's Pey- Peyton loves that part of it. Peyton and Eli will be joined each week by a to-be-determined host. Uh, host. Host. So the play-by-play so, person. So they'll be running the show, the host. That... that Okay, struck me but, as an odd. At but the if very it least. is a play-by-play guy and Peyton and Eli are in the analysis uh, genre, mm-hmm. that would be pretty good. Depending on who the play-by-play depending. guy is, but it didn't or say gal. play-by-play either. It just host. host. Mm. Is that host somebody that's on Inside Access? Is that the host? No, I don't hope not. Iconic and current athletes, as well as celebrities, mm-hmm. will appear. Look, ESPN tried Dennis Miller once; it fails miserably. Uh-huh. Even t- tried Tony Kornheiser, who I love. I do, too, and it was, it was awful. It was terrible. Yeah, and he knew it, too. Yes, and that's a big reason that yep. he said, that's enough. One season, and he's out the door. Absolutely. But my, my first thought was, oh, my God, Brian Greasy and, and Louis Riddick. I mean, how can these guys be <laughs> loving this announcement? This is going to take away their audience. And they're on, I mean, I don't think they have the best job security in the business to begin with. Sure. There was speculation that this crew's not going to be back after one year being together last year. Ten games. That's what this is going to be. To this start, partnership. Does, the, does the press release uh, mention Peyton Manning's company that's behind it? Yes. What is it? Omaha yes. Productions. How about that? <laughs> How did, what is Omaha to him? Any idea? I mean, I, that's as obviously as... It, it was just a call that he had for Audible. Uh-huh. I mean... And you hear all kinds of stupid things that people use. But was for it Omaha. really? Was was it really a trigger, or did that it was Omaha just for disregard? I'm about to say it was just. Yeah, it could have been a dummy one, yeah. but yeah, it's one that he used a lot all I mean, the time. Blue forty two. You hear that all the time in football movies. Mm-hmm. It feels like every quarterback cadence has that. It's just but an it's audible all... call. Was it a dummy one? But then it went further and further. Oh, it took on a life of its own. What's the big Ameritrade out yeah, of Omaha? Yeah, that's Ricketts. So I got a buddy that worked for Ameritrade, and that would be, Peyton would come there often, nationwide, with the commercials. Mm -hmm. He makes those kind of things. I mean, talk about being ahead of the game. 
You're using a dummy call for your audibles that just happens to be Omaha, and then you turn it into millions, millions of dollars. Right. He's a good businessman. Yes, he is. He's a good businessman. And how about this? Not 18 week schedule. I'm gonna work 10 weeks. Yeah. And and that was I always heard the biggest hang, hang up from you know the Jimmy Trainers and Richard Deitches in the sports media world is Peyton didn't want to work 18 weeks. Mm-hmm. He it's didn't want to have the irons in the fire. Right. He wanted to have. The flexibility, uh-huh. this absolutely provides that. Gives him a little taste of, of, of the football. He's a Broncos season ticket holder. Is he he really? lives in Denver. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've, that's where he's um, going to raise his kids in, in the Mile High City. Uh, well, I thought, uh, look, I'm going to watch it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be as excited as I was when I... Well, I'm sorry to tamp you down a little bit, too. I, I don't, <laughs> Right when I saw that, that was my first thought. Oh, Ken's yeah. going to love this. But then, as I was reading through it, just... On one hand, I loved it. On the other hand, I felt bad for Riddick and Greasy and Levy. Yeah, Because right. these guys have just lost their job. And this is a mega cast, so this is going to be like those national championships right. where there's a bunch of screens. That can be bothersome at times, too, where you just want to see the game. And it's in one of the four corners. They got a box that you got Eli and, and Peyton hanging out together in one of them, and then whoever the host is. And uh, here's a film of a, a game from 1987. They're talking about it. Not quite the same. Yeah. And if you if your team's involved too, if it's a Bears game, I would be shocked if I made my way to this one. Yeah. Well, the good news, not good news. Let me take that back. It's not good news when your team's not in prime time. That means the league has no ch- uh, no hope that your team's going to be worth. They could be wrong. I hope they are. <laughs> I hope they are. But there's no money. In oh yeah, football. long suffering. Way, way over no, there. no. I feel good. So, speaking of the Bears, um, oh, the uh, Colin Morikawa is answering tweets, congratulatory, congratulatory tweets mm-hmm. from, and I don't know where this one of the uh, bar stool or awful announcing or mm-hmm. one of the they did a piece on all the. People that not all of them, but some of the famous people that reached out to to Morikawa to congratulate him, and one of those people was the coach of the football team, Washington, Ron Rivera, who congratulated Morikawa on his uh, on his winning the the Open Championship, mm-hmm. and, and Colin Morikawa was responsible. Thank you very much, Coach. Period. Go Bears. <laughs> A Bears fan. A Bears fan. That's yeah. interesting. You know, we're getting close to football, Trent, because Twitter's well, starting sure? to go in a different direction. A Chicago Bears fan? Didn't he go to Cal? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I never thought. Yes, he did go to Cal. Where did Ron Rivera that go to school? I don't know where he went to school. Old. I'm wondering, now I'm starting to wonder if it, uh, if he went to if he went to Cal. Either a or Cal that or, or a Pac-12, Pac-12 school. school. Yeah. He's from California. I bet he did. Dun, dun, dun. Ron Rivera. Scrolling through, he also went to Cal. There you go. There's you the right. connection. Okay, I, I read that wrong, so I'm off to a terrible start here on Tuesday. It's all right. Let's start over. Three, two, one. Um, as I started to say, football's starting to get closer because, you know, I'm starting to, we're starting to see some back and forth over Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you and Bloom started it yesterday morning. <laughs> uh, then it picked up with uh, Nebraska football and Iowa football going back and forth. Kittle through little Kid George get. Kittle gets involved. Um, but it's very apparent that football season is drawing clear because we're starting to see, um, speaking of starting to see, TV's on here in the studio. Uh-huh. They just replayed Lolo Jones uh, tripping over the final hurdle in oh, 2000. No. And, was that 2007? Eight? Eight, yeah, it would have been 2008. Oh, my God, she was home free. She was? She was home free. Had a gold medal around her yes. neck, and she might have been thinking about it. Oh, what might have been for her. Mm-hmm. She was in front and drawing clear. 
only to have that happen. Anyways, uh, baseball from last night. What should have been a really big night of baseball viewing if you're into the first 100 games of the year mm-hmm. or the first few months of the year and you followed it closely and there's Midwest teams involved, Cubs cards, this might have been for you know, for first place or to see who's going to, you know, to take that step closer to the top of the division. Likewise, in the American League Central, we've got the White Sox and the Twins, and these two teams have battled all season long, and they're tied at the top of the division, and they get to play each other to start another week, and we don't have it. Not even close. Not, And it felt like it, Trent. I, tr- I watched a lot of your twins and the White Sox. Barrios was really good until the end. Yeah. Uh, I watched not as much of Cubs cards as I thought it would because the the Cardinals, I mean, the Cubs are just so bad. You're trying to know Alex Mills. Tonight putting out Trevor Williams. And you think this going, team's going to the playoffs? I mean, with these two guys? And if they did, what are they doing? Right. They're doing nothing. Right. Um, but, man... It's just we were robbed as sports fans because of this, I think. A combined between the three teams not in it. 35 games out of first place between the Twins, the Cardinals, and the Cubs. 17 games back for the Twins. Just asinine. Cubs, 9.5. Cards, 8.5 as we begin play here today. Three teams of different nature. The Cubs were... What? Win total was around 500. I think it was 82 and a half, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they are, and the Cardinals were a little north of that. They were absolutely, and they were the betting favorite for the division. Mm-hmm. So that's this is a disappointing year. I think it's pretty easy though for the Cardinals to point at the injuries. There's always other True. things, but True. the injuries really hurt yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Bad. Starting with Flaherty, Flaherty, and and Mikeless. Yeah, and Flaherty's a star. Yes, he's the there's the race. He is a top five, mm-hmm. certainly National League starting pitcher. Yeah, I think he's developed into that. Or if he's not, he's close. And he's a guy that you are confident in the playoffs, handing him the ball in right. game one. Absolutely, he's that dude. They had that dude. He's hurt. You mentioned Michaelis and a lot of others. They're, remember the outfield for a while? They didn't have any dudes. They didn't have guys that could play outfield. <laughs> didn't. And there was absolutely no depth there. Mm-hmm. It's one of those seasons. I think. You can pretty easily just say that. Uh-huh. We're not going to make any big moves. We still believe in what we're doing and what we're building here. We're okay. Does Mike, does, uh, does Schilt get a um, a do-over? I think so. Another year? I think he does, too. I think he deserves because it, Because of too. that. Yeah. Yep, because of that. Again, not watching it day in and day mm-hmm. out, and I understand the frustrations of fans. Same thing with the Twins and Rocco. I, I don't think this is a Rocco problem where getting rid of the manager is going to cure the ales. They've had injuries. They've had bad play. They've had disappointments. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden... Guys that go from really good baseball players to bad, it's not on the manager. I, I think it's just too easy to push that button. Now, I think the time is starting to come, though. Look at the free agents that the Twins have signed with the new regime. Falvin Levine, now in year five. Doesn't seem like it's been no. that long, but here it is. They haven't really hit a home run yet. They haven't even hit a double mm-hmm. at this point. Donaldson would be the closest, but they had to overpay for him. Yeah, and they're trying to get him out of town. Is there any chance that'll happen? Mm, not likely. Yeah. We- and then finally, the Cubs, this is who they were, right? This is, I mean, are you fa- firing David Ross after this no, year? No, 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 no. Or Hoyer. Are you, are no. you saying Hoyer after no. not even a year in the job? Sorry, you're out? No, I think, look, I, I think Hoyer went to Arizona with a directive from the ownership. I mean, this this going into it, we knew that there was a distinct possibility 
um, that this team was was going to be gutted, and now we seemingly are at that point, right? It seems it's day to day. There's 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 over under on number of players that are going to be traded. Well, we already know the ones out the door, and Jock Peterson, who's going to be next? Um, I thought Matt Snyder made a really good point yesterday. You know, obviously they're going to have to be blown away to make a trade now. But if you've got Craig Kimbrell and he's as valuable a piece, would he and Joey Votto be the two biggest, or, or Gallo rather, be the two biggest chits out there? I mean, I, he's, I, I think he's the best bat and the mm-hmm. best closer. I mean, Chris Bryant, when he plays like he did in May, but he doesn't put those, he doesn't, I mean, June was not good, neither was April. Right. And July hasn't gone great. Because Kimberl still has what another year left on his deal. right. That's the that's the beauty of him, and it's six, only sixteen million for a closer for a lockdown guy that's as good as he has been this year and even the, last, the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, that dude is worth it. Do you know the contract de- details though for uh, Joey Gallo? I don't. Let's take a look here because I, I think that's a part of it too for Gallo, who's got I mean as much power as anybody. How about this? He signed a one-year, $6.2 million contract. That's all he's making this year? And he's still only... This is baffling to me. Joey Gallo feels like he's been a part of our life for a long time. 27 years old mm, is all. Wouldn't have thought that. Just turned, in fact, 27. Uh, arbitration eligible next year, so he would still be under team control. And then 2023, he becomes a free agent. Boy, I didn't realize, A, the salary. Mm-hmm. So that means next year in arbitration, he's probably only going to get... 10? 10. Yeah. yeah, right in that range. Boy, yeah, go out and get a bat, huh? Ooh, and there's one right there. And go out and get a closer. There's one in Chicago, and there's a third baseman, too. And uh, the Mets, they need help in the work. Boy, they had a lot of errors last night. That game wouldn't end. That thing was crazy. It was nuts, Trent. Uh, it was. It just kept going on. The, and, of course, the, as crazy as the game was in itself, we remember uh, Gary Cohen um, the best broadcaster just ripping the chili uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, it's, what's, what's the name of the chili? In Skyline. Skyline chili. I went to the restaurant once. I had it once. With the spaghetti noodles. Spaghetti and Chili onions, on top. Chili. Some looks like... And cinnamon? They put like no. cinnamon or brown sugar or something weird on top of it? I don't remember that. I remember okay. they put the beans on and then they put something that I guess the looks like gravy and onions and cheese and I didn't enjoy. I thought it was incredibly overrated. It wasn't awful. Uh, and I didn't go back. Not that I'm in Cincinnati a lot, but I was there a few times and did make it once. Jeff joins the program. Jeff, welcome. How are you, guys? How are you? Good. Well, here's the deal. Uh, we had yesterday talking about the Cubs. I don't know. You know, I don't like taking shots, but I don't know what he's watching. But when you have Chris Bryant, Baez, Bryant, Contreras. We're talking four all-stars. And now that losing last night, we're two games under. And so, you know, he was trying to talk about, oh, we're only one game under. I don't know if he's watched games, but that's not good. And they haven't been good pretty much all season besides that one month. So I just think it's asinine that we have, there's people out there thinking that they have a chance. It's over. And it's been over for a long time. So Cubs fans just need to realize that it, it, it's bye-bye time. So yes. uh, I just want to throw that out there. It, it's uh, it's crazy to me. But let's get to the let's get to the here and now. Let's get to Game Six. It's Chris Paul time. You know, has to be. You guys, mm-hmm. well, you guys have been talking about it. I've called in and talked about it. If we're looking for a magical moment, he's had those in the Western Conference Finals. He's had them in the the second round of the, uh, the playoffs. If he wants to be compared to, and people have, Magic Johnson, 
to uh, Isaiah Thomas scoring 20-some points in the finals against the Lakers in the 80s. Uh, he wants to be compared to John Stockton. Um, he's got to play big games just like this. Now, John Stockton didn't win rings. He was going against Michael Jordan. But the other two have rings. So if Chris Paul wants to be held to these standards, or if he wants to get an extension, which is asinine for three years, four years, for $100 million, this is a game where he can't slow down. He has to take Drew Holiday to work for every quarter. He, there's no way he can just, you know, kind of ease himself into the game. He needs to play consistent, I don't know, probably in that 30 with 10 to 12 assists and really put a staple down into the finals because he hasn't had a staple game. He's been kind of, I would say, inconsistent, mm-hmm. and they need him to be consistent for all 48 minutes tonight. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to – I'm going to – Everyone's saying Milwaukee. I'm going to go the other way. I think the Suns are going to win tonight because of Chris Paul. And then we're going to have a game seven. You guys are going to be in Vegas having <laughs> some cocktails, enjoying yourselves. Yeah. And I'm going to go with that real quick before before I got before you let me go. Softball, Fort Dodge. I want to wish all the ladies good luck, all the parents uh, driving up to Fort Dodge. Uh, safe travels. We always talk about baseball and football on this show. I want to give the ladies some love for softball. And uh, we'll see what happens up there. So thanks, guys. Glad you thanks, did, Jeff. Jeff. Appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. They are underway up there, getting underway. Saw a lot of pictures on Twitter. Teams. Pella was escorted out of town with police in the fire department. Oh, so and awesome. The, the uh, flashers going. Yeah, it was great to see. I. Uh, that's one of the things about this week. How busy it is. Unfortunately, usually I would be in Fort Dodge at least for a day, calling mm-hmm. some games up there. And of course, wasn't able to pull it off. And this tomorrow year. night, you should be at a ballpark too, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be substate final night my favorite baseball night of the year mm-hmm. of the season before we get to the state tournament and we'll be in vegas because of that but state softball and the softball game in general it is a lot of fun i mean if if you're just used to watching baseball and you haven't got into the softball game just look at the tv ratings that espn has done for ncaa softball it dominates the college world series mm-hmm. the college softball world series gets bigger numbers it's a fun sport it's fast it's action-packed and yeah really really good softball state softball Good teams and always a fun time. Fort Dodge, too. I do really enjoy that it's not all here. Yeah. Is it a bit frustrating? You want to cover a game? Being in Des Moines, you have to drive to Fort Dodge. You have to do those things. Sure, I get it. But to spread it out a little bit, to have that, we're going to get that for baseball also this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing for the state. No, I'm with you. I think the baseball will be back downtown Des Moines here at some point in the next couple of years. Uh, but with uh, the I-Cubs and Major League Baseball taking over the minor league schedule, that was um, not made possible this year. So hopefully they get back. Because I think the kids enjoy it. I really mm-hmm. do. All right, let's do this, Trent. Uh, Michael Swain coming up. We're going to get into Iowa State. Recap Big 12 Media Days with Michael Swain. CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 sports. But it's time to go for the green on KXNO. You can win $1,000 right now by texting the keyword... Bills to 200-200. That's Bills. Uh, in this nationwide contest. All right, approaching 10.30 on a Tuesday. Miller and Condon joined by Michael Swain. Iowa State conversation next on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.0. Cool. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Miller and Condon, welcome back. 10.35 on a Tuesday. Take you until noon. Uh, Tommy Birch making his way to the Field of Dreams. Dyersville, he will join us here to kick off hour number two 
Uh, and then Sean Devaney, who's covered the NBA for a long, long time, will join us, help us out with game number six. That's coming your way at about 11.30. Right now, as promised, Michael Swain, 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. In the Des Moines area, he's made the move. He's one of us. Hello, Michael Swain. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, we're finally here. Been here for about a about month, month and a half now, but things have been going really well. Really enjoying Des Moines so far. Good stuff. Well, I think you're going to love it. I know that uh, speaking for me, I certainly do. And there's a lot of good things about it. No doubt There's uh, you'll find something all the time. Young kid like yourself, you're going to experience it. And I think you'll be happy you made the move. So let's give credit where credit is due. And that's to you. Uh, because, um, you know, the time before you were joined us from Big 12 Media Days, we're talking about recruiting and Trent pointed out uh, doing great but there seemed to be you know a lack of wild receiver wide receivers in this class and he said well tap the brakes a little bit there Condon <laughs> or, or words along those slap lines. my hand a little bit yeah. uh, stay tuned because you had a feeling that there were a couple of major announcements still to come before the end of July and lo and behold they came and wow um, you were right on so obviously you developed good relationship with these kids why don't you tell us about the two uh, kids uh, that have joined Matt Campbell's uh, upcoming class. Yeah, definitely. I think let's start with the first one that announced on Friday, Jason Essex, a wide receiver out of the Kansas City area. Um, he's one that Iowa State's been on since last spring, like well over a year. Um, Nate Shieldhouse has been the primary recruiter for Jason Essex. Of course, Shieldhouse is from the Kansas City area, does a fabulous job recruiting that area and the wide receivers for Iowa State. Um, Essex is more of like a, a physical wide receiver at this point. We don't have some verified track times for him, um, but he's someone that is a, a good basketball player, six foot three, about 190 pounds right now. Um, we have him as a three-star recruit right now with an 83 rating, but it does sound like that could change in the future. Um, he's one that I think will be more of a, maybe not play day one, but I think he's one that if fans are looking for like a comp, I don't obviously have long-term comps going back five, six years, but I think Deshante Jones is a little bit, of a similar style of player, more of a physical wide receiver, going to go get some 50-50 balls, but maybe not going to blow people away with his speed. But then you've got, of course, I think the the big crown jewel, I think, of this offensive class right now is going to be Greg Gaines, a four-star wide receiver out of Florida. Um, and it's interesting, it, minutes after Gaines committed on like his Instagram Live, I got a text from one of my sources down in Florida that just said relationships matter. Um, and I think that mm-hmm. speaks to the job that, you know, Nate Shieldhouse, Tyson Veidt, um, Tom Manning, Matt Campbell, you know, this was a, a full staff effort to get Greg Gaines on board. He's someone that has 25 offers, you know, programs like Auburn, you know, South Carolina, Penn State, the, the programs that offered him. And so he's one that has a really good relationship with the Iowa State's quarterback commit, Rocco Betts. They're both from the Tampa Bay area. And so they've kind of been in contact over the last few months. They were on campus together for an official visit. But I think Gaines really does look like uh, someone that is a similar game to Xavier Hutchinson. You know, he's got really good at close, you know, kind of close area acceleration. He has a really, really long wingspan, really good in the air and being able to track balls and make contested catches. He's one I think Iowa State fans should be really, really excited about because he seems to have, you know, really high in potential. And just, of course, anytime you can pull, you know, a kid out of Florida with SEC offers with some major, you know, Big Ten offers, I think that's a really big deal. So when you look at Gaines, this is a young man that took his first official visit at Iowa State. You know the recruiting game as well as anybody, Michael, and a lot of times they say you want to have that last last official visit, not the first one there. For Iowa State to get the first one, then hold on as he visited Indiana and Kansas State and Maryland 
all these different places and to still get his commitment. What does that say to you about Matt Campbell and his staff and, and getting a young man first and yet holding on and getting that commitment? I think it shows they set a really high bar. And I think this was a conscious decision by the Iowa State staff to have you know, those first two official visit weekends, the first two weekends of June. Um, I think it's been a common theme talking to these guys that they felt like after more of a year, uh, over a year of no visits, right, and to have Iowa State be like, no, when as soon as we can have an official visit, we want you here. I think that spoke to a lot of these recruits. And, you know, there were instances where kids went elsewhere and decided to commit elsewhere, but I think more often than not with this first official visit weekend, that June 4 weekend, um, they've got some fabulous returns from it so far. I think they've hit on about 50% of the uncommitted recruits that were on campus for that weekend. Um, and I think it speaks to the job that the coaching staff did, I think, individually with each recruit, but also getting these guys together. I think that's a really big thing is getting all the recruits together to where they know each other and they know kind of, you know, each person's like a good person and they kind of, kind of have kind of a collective bonding experience there. So I think that that was a big deal, and I think it just speaks to the high bar that the staff set during that visit. So is Shieldhouse taking over the mantle as the uh, the lead recruiter for Matt Campbell? He seems to close a lot of deals. He's still relatively young, uh, which I don't think hurts getting in front of some of these kids. Uh, has he taken over the role? As you know, if there's um, you know if he needs to somebody needs a, a hard close, that Shieldhouse would be the guy because seemingly he's he's done a lot of great work for Iowa State. Yeah, he has. And I think that for him, he's able to take on two kind of responsibilities where he takes on wide receivers and running backs, obviously his positions. But then he also does the Kansas City area, which is a a fruitful area in terms of talent. But I think if you're actually thinking of like a not a closer, but someone that's more of a versatile recruiter, I think it'd actually be Tyson Bite because I think he does a really good job of, you know, he has really good connections in Florida. He has really good connections in the state of Iowa. A lot of these guys have Bite as more of a secondary recruiter who's also kind of supplementing that position coach as well. I think that he's one that is a high-energy guy that can really connect to these recruits, even though he isn't as young as Shieldhouse. Um, I think he's also someone that I think deserves a lot of credit for the effort he's put in this class. But I don't necessarily know if Iowa State takes the approach of having a, this is our lead recruiter. I think they try and take the approach of having the position coach be a lead recruiter and then also have a secondary coach that kind of helps supplement those efforts. Last week for you, Michael, it was a trip down to Arlington. Uh, we talked about it a lot here on the program, got to hear from you also. But uh, your takeaway now is you're back here in Des Moines getting ready for the season. Of course, Iowa State football media day is right around the corner. But kind of as you look back, and I know how busy you were judging by the articles you had up at CycloneAlert.com, just an overview from your thoughts. Yeah, I think I got the vibe of some measured confidence from Iowa State. I felt like they were very comfortable talking about not the expectations because I don't think they directly addressed the expectations or their own personal goals, but I think they're very comfortable talking about the way that they're going to approach this season. And it's going to be the same way that they approached last season that we heard about where it's, you know, you're taking a week by week and really focusing on development and growth throughout the season. But this wasn't one of those things where, you know, obviously there are a lot of out of town media. They don't necessarily understand that you, you asking Brees Hall that, Hey, do you guys, are you, is your goal to make the college football playoff? He's going to say, well, yes, but we're going to take it week by week, you know, things like that. So I think for me, you got a feeling of some confidence from, you know, Greg Eisworth and Brees Hall, who were there. Um, I thought that they were very comfortable kind of dealing with some of those tougher questions that come when, you know, you are a team that's kind of chasing Oklahoma here at the top of the conference. But I think the big takeaway was it seems like Iowa State's very comfortable going back to what they know, which is being, you know, what Matt Campbell has talked about as a developmental program where, 
They're not going to get ahead of themselves. They're not going to come out and say, we need to win the Big 12 title for this to be a successful season. Like, no one's going to say that. It's going to be focusing week to week, really trying to grow throughout the season. And Matt Campbell said it. I think they have to earn kind of that respect that they'll get at the end of the year. Who was the buzz team? I mean, when we go to these things, there's always a team that, you know, the media is talking about, whether it's over a beer, whether they're right or they're wrong, there's always that one, you know, team. Um, I hear a lot of TCU conversation, or I've read a lot about TCU. Uh, who, in your mind, who was that team that, uh, that was being talked about? Yeah, you nailed it. I think it's TCU. I think you look at what they've done in the transfer portal. Obviously, you know, Iowa native Max Duggan is back now for his sophomore season. He'll have a full offseason after he had kind of the, um, I don't really remember what the procedure was, but he had something go on last offseason where he kind of had a, uh, an unprecedented offseason in addition to all of the COVID restrictions and everything. But then TCU also has a five-star running back and Zach Evans on the roster. They've really bolstered that offensive line, which is a really big, big weakness last year. And there's one thing we know about kind of the Gary Patterson teams is their defense is going to be really good. So I think if you couple kind of a, a much improved offensive line with a five-star running back plus Max Duggan, I think that offense is going to be a lot better. Um, and I think you are always going to expect TCU to have a good defense. So I think they're a team that if you're thinking who right now, you think, you know, obviously – Iowa State, Oklahoma will be at the top of the conference, but I think I actually picked TCU to finish third in the conference ahead of Texas in my kind of preseason media poll we did for uh, 24-7 sports. The other side of it, Michael, sometimes you go to one of these and you walk away a little bit more down on a team after hearing from it. Was there anybody that jumps to mind there that you said, eh, I thought maybe they'd be all right. I think they're going to be even worse after spending a couple days talking about them. Yeah, I think maybe Baylor. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that maybe in Dave Aranda's second year that they'd have a kind of a, a leap forward after a really weird season last year where they had all those games canceled. But they're one that I was maybe a little bit more high on than most, kind of going into media days and leaving media days. I was kind of understanding why I think so many people were not as high on them. Just in terms of you lose, obviously, Charlie Brewer. you got to find a new quarterback. Um, and I just think that in general, I think there are just a lot of question marks there that are going to be need to be answered for Baylor to I think maybe get to that five five one mark. Where Brewer go? Utah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep, yep, Utah. See how he does there. Um, I like that program year after year. They're 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 pesky. <laughs> they uh, they'll they'll win some football games. Well coached, uh, Michael. Terrific job. Uh, you really do. Uh, anything else you want to tease as far as signees? You've got Iowa State uh, fans. A full attention with how good you've been doing with these uh, forecasting these and making them uh, or hearing them come true. Anything else you want to put out there? Yeah, I've got a new pick out for Xavier Townsend, a running back out of Tampa Bay. Um, I think he's one probably to keep an eye on for Iowa State fans. But we're kind of nearing the end of the the recruiting class, or at least my understanding is that you know they're going to be kind of getting full on scholarships here. I don't think this is going to be a twenty five man class. I think this will be kind of probably around 18, 19, maybe 20 on the high side. I just think with the extra COVID year, there's going to be some fluidity over the next few months as the coaching staff tries to get a good feel for kind of who are some of the guys that are going to look to come back and use that additional year after the end of the season. Townsend's his last name? Yes, sir. We will pay attention. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Michael, we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you for what you do for us. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you. Michael Swain, good stuff out of the uh, publisher at CycloneAlert.com. We'll come back, finish up the hour. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Uh, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll start with Tommy Birch. Why don't I have Birch on for a couple of reasons? I'll talk about the Cubs farm system. Mm-hmm.
uh, which sounds like it's going to be not replenished entirely, but it's going to be some pieces coming their way if uh, all of these trades that are anticipated do come to fruition. Uh, and then Bertie on his way down to Dyersville. Would, so he left about 9 o'clock, seemingly, I think I saw. Okay. Well, he, no, he won't quite be there. No, then. no, he'll be he on the be road. There. He'll probably be yeah. on beautiful Highway 20, I would guess, yeah. making his way across the beautiful. Have you, been to, have you been to the Field of Dreams? dozen times, probably. Have you really? Yeah, yeah. So you got out of the car and you walked around? Oh, yeah, yeah. I played baseball there. You did? Well, hit the ball around, played catch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I used to- Can you uh, just show up and- Or could mm-hmm. you just show up and do that? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do usually a couple times a summer when I, I worked with a group of special needs kids up yeah. in Northeast Iowa in Waterloo, and a couple, maybe during the summertime, two, three times, I'd take a group of them over there. They love baseball, and mm-hmm. we played catch and throw it around. They thought it was awesome. Yeah. Make a whole day of it. We're going to watch the movie, and then we're going <laughs> to nice. take the bus over there and, and play some baseball. Were so. the cornfields still a part of the outfield? It's there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. So I think the close side was to it. Apparently, we drove by it on the way to Milwaukee, and somebody pointed at it. Yeah, we, if you took that route, if you went up on 35, over on 20. Well, yeah. we were in a bus, so I have no idea. Or maybe you went we up were. through Cedar Rapids and you're cutting up that way. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a ways away, though. It's not like it's right off. You got to kind of cut through to get there. Do you? Yeah. But it's worth going to? Oh, absolutely. Is it really? If you love that movie, even if you don't love that movie, mm-hmm. you just love baseball, it's awesome. So who, who pays for it to be kept so you guys can go and throw the ball around? For a while, it was the people that owned the forum house. And there's been all kinds of disputes. And I don't know the exact, because there was a fight over whose land it was because it was two different farmers and oh. the area kind of butt up against each other. So I know there was a lot of legal battles about it. Did they ask for donations when you get there? There's a donation box. Yeah, good. Yeah, to throw some money in there right. to help out with that part of it. But mm-hmm. It's incredible. I mean, and this is the time right now to be there, too. Obviously, things change a little bit with this game, which is going to be a yearly occurrence, it sounds yes, like, right? Yes, yes. I mean, not going to build it and just use it once. You wouldn't think so. State baseball? Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would, wouldn't that be something? Played Where in would that kids stadium? rather go? Where That's would kids, that I, think, place. I think so, too. Yeah. Just because of the movie tie, right? Right. Now, it's not going to be the actual field where it's filmed. They built right. a, a new... But it's adjacent. It is. It's a MLB stadium. Yeah. I think, I think ESPN will do a really good job of chronicling it and showing it to us. Because we know Principal Park not available this year for the state right. baseball. But going forward, too, it's going to be a lot more difficult because the Iowa Cubs do not have the same kind of scheduling flexibility. Well, Major League Baseball is taking it right. under their umbrella. And because of that... They don't have the same flexibility uh-huh. that they once did. I wouldn't be surprised if we see even championship games only at Principal Park, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. And the quarterfinals are at well, where they're at right now. And then you get the semifinals and they're at the Field of Dreams, you know, something like that, where they move it around a little more often. Uh, it's 10 minutes before 11. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 Kicks and Owen 106. Condon, welcome back. Uh, final few minutes of the first hour of the program. Bob Bowlesby apparently uh, made it clear in uh, some presser that he did today that uh, the college football playoff has discussed incorporating more bowl games into the playoffs, meaning the round one on campus, Gross. not necessarily a done deal. Hideous. That is awful. They're going the wrong way. They are going the wrong way. Speaking of going the wrong way, 
um, COVID's going the wrong way. And when it comes to sports and when it comes to what we love, and that's college football in this listening audience, Last week, Bob Bowles made it very clear at Big 12 Media Days. If you're if there's a COVID um, and it affects your team and you can't play the game, there will be no postponement. This will be a forfeit. Forfeit. Yesterday, Greg Sankey at the SEC echoed exactly that. You can bet your bottom dollar. Kevin Warren will say likewise mm-hmm. on Thursday when he meets the media. Likewise, the ACC. Likewise, the Pac-12. They've made it very clear that um, COVID will not. Well, if it does affect um, the college football season, that will go in the L column. Trying to get as many people Without vaccinated as possible. 85% is the number that everybody's shooting for, threshold-wise, on teams. And with a number of people that is as big as that as a football team, mm-hmm. you think you'd be able to get to there. But it's becoming... Teams are getting closer. Go ahead. Finish well, it's just point. becoming a conversation, and it really is. Yeah, which it is. It's unfortunate, but it a is. A month ago, I didn't think we'd be here. Right. And it's it's summertime. Right. If it goes like this, what's the winter going to be like? Oof. I don't want to think about that again. I don't want to think about it either. I Head in the we were, sand. <laughs> I thought we were past this. I really and truly did. And if you love college football, you just have to, uh, and your team's having a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. You get a... You get a um, an infection that's rampant in your in your program, that's an L. That's a loss. Are you going to bring your vaccination card with you on our trip? No. Just to have to show? No, I'm going to when I go to Canada. Yeah, you're going to probably have to, right? I, I think so, yes. To get in. We're going August to Hawaii for a family vacation. We were just got an email telling us that. Did you have to bring it? I didn't, not a photocopy, not a picture on your phone. Yeah. The actual hard copy of your vaccination well, card. Well, I think they were as um, as strict as any state when yes, the women think because it's a you got a trip to Hawaii, but you got to stay in your house. Doesn't sound great. Can't go to the beach. Look He's, out the window at the beach. As long as you got a window view. As long as you paid for that window view. Looking back the other way, oh, you're in trouble. Oh, well, yeah, got the parking lot. Beautiful. Eesh. Uh, hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon. We will talk to Tommy Birch, who's making his way to the field of dreams. To kick off the hour, we're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.